Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right, welcome back to the Gospel for Life. Since I've been picking on you so badly the last couple of days, we have a very special guest host today. Pastor Tim They don't get Hazel- more special. <laughs> they don't. Than the guests we no, have today. No, they do not. Pastor Tim Hazelbaker from Middleton First Baptist. So glad you're here. You don't have to butter me up. It's okay. <laughs> um, so we've been talking about backsliding the last several days. Of course, our purpose is not to drive anybody deeper into shame, but actually to help them to remember the gospel, that if the Son has set you free, you are free indeed. There's no reason to stay in the prodigal country. Uh, the Father is looking for you on the horizon, waiting for you to return. And so our um, hope today is to provide means. What are the means for restoring uh, yourself once you discover that you're backslidden? On yesterday's show, we talked about the motivations so now, now, okay, now I'm motivated to be recovered from my um, backslidden state. How, how do I recover? Well, uh, one thing uh, is if you're not attending worship, if you're not attending church, if you're not attending Bible study, go back. Start attending. The book of Hebrews uh, says, do not forsake gathering of yourselves together. I remember uh, when I was a kid and uh, before the earth cooled, I stopped going to youth group and my my family was Christian. Um, We were very active in the church and I just stopped going to youth group. And uh, I had missed youth group for three or four weeks and my dad confronted me about it and said, why aren't you going to youth group? Phil. And I said, I, I just don't feel like it. Uh, he said, well, you're going to feel like it tonight. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're going to go. And he was right. Um, I was for, forsaking the gathering of ourselves uh, together, and I, I needed fellowship. I needed uh, the company of other Christians in order to fan into flame my own heart. And uh, so if you're not attending worship, go back, even if you don't feel like it, and do not forsake the gathering of, of yourselves together. Yeah. At the end of the day, oftentimes when we're in a, in a state of back, being backslidden, we, it's the very things that we have no desire for that we need. And so oftentimes when we're in that state, we, we don't want to be in God's word. We don't want to pray. We don't want to be with God's people. We, and, and it's those very things that are, are part of the solution is we need to fully engage in the life of the church, even when we don't feel like it. We need to be in God's word, even if we don't feel like it. We need to pray even when it feels cold. And so there, 
there is at least a, a point where it's this is not being hypocritical. Like sometimes people will say, well, if I'm not, if I don't actually mean it, then I don't, I shouldn't do it. But this really? Is, this is where we have to, to, to understand um, what kind of creature we are after we've been saved. We still have a sinful nature and we have a spiritual nature. What part of you precisely doesn't feel like it? Mm-hmm. It's not your spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. It's your sinful nature. And let me tell you this. Your sinful nature will never feel like going to church. Right. Your sinful nature will never feel like reading, never feel like praying. This is the principle of, you know, whatever you feed, that's what gets stronger. So if you feed the flesh, that's what gets stronger. If you feed yeah. the spirit, that's what gets stronger. And, and don't take a minimalistic approach. Like, okay, I'll go to morning worship. And then not engage in maybe a Bible study or a, or a book study or Sunday evening church or whatever it is. You, the idea is that your soul needs nourishment. And and so why not avail yourself to as many things that you can? I, I, I understand seasons of life, you can, you know, I don't want to put an undue burden on, on young parents who have a busy home and they're like, I cannot go out one more night this week for a Bible study. I get that. I'm not saying that. But for the most part, it's it's more about a desire than it is about the burden. And so engage fully in the life of the church. And, and I think what's crucial is Christian friendships. Mm-hmm. It's not going to church to check off a box and sing a couple of songs and feel better about yourself. It's what's so important. One of the things that's so important about church and about being a Christian in general is developing Christian friendships people who are going to ask you where you're at in the word, people who are going to ask you how prayer is going. People, I remember being in Bible college and I kind of developed a little test of my own that I, I and, and I developed the strongest friendships that I had from Bible college by asking people, where are you at in the word right now? Tell me what you're learning about Jesus. Mm. Tell me what Jesus has been showing you. Tell me about prayer. And, you know, some people, they're, well, you know, whatever. Other people are like, I was just in Proverbs this morning. And I was blown away, or we just talked about this in class. Those were the strongest friendships that I developed that lasted all these years, yeah. is people that you can connect with over Christ, the gospel, the word, prayer, about theological Christian things. Yeah. So, so I hear you guys saying um, that essentially just the ordinary means of grace are the way that we are uh, recovered from our backsliding. Is that really all there is to it? The ordinary means of grace? Other than the phrase ordinary, yes. <laughs> I, I think what you find in, in God's word is that he has committed himself to bless those means of grace in a powerful way. And what you're getting through the means of grace is actually God himself. And so if you want to say that God is ordinary, then yeah, they are the ordinary means of grace. But those means have access to the power of the triune God in your heart and your life. And, and really what you're doing is you're unleashing something on your soul. Our producer's not here, but he would appreciate this. It, it's, it's, the, it's the Lord of the Rings moment. And yeah. when the Ents break open the dams yeah. on Isengard and the waters flood into uh-huh. this sinful place, and really what's happening is that when we use the means of grace, we're asking God to open up the floodgates to, to cleanse us and to wash us and to restore us and to feed us and to uh, and so I think you need to sometimes we we think ordinary but I think we need to say powerful means of grace yeah 
And uh, as we've said before, do not be afraid. I'm going to read Second uh, Timothy 1, verse, verse 6. Paul is writing to his young uh, friend Timothy. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. And as as we've been saying, uh, these are the ordinary means of grace. Uh, read your Bible. Yeah. Pray. Go. Go. Be with. Be with the people of God. Yeah. I think one of the things we forget about the Word is that, you know, we've talked about the attributes of Scripture before. So, you know, it's inerrant. It's inspired. It's authoritative. One of the attributes of the Word of God is that it is effectual. You use the word powerful. So you think of uh, Hebrews chapter four, where it says that the the word of God is living and active, sharper than any mm-hmm. two-edged sword. Or in um, Isaiah, the word of God uh, is just like the, the rain that falls down from the sky. It always produces uh, vegetation. Or yeah. like in Jeremiah, that the word of God is like a fire or a hammer. So the word of God is not some dusty you know, book that you open up and you read like, like any other story. No, it's, it's through the Holy Spirit, it has the power to change you from the inside mm-hmm. out. It's effectual. Mm-hmm. In addition to the means of grace, I, I actually think the other thing that we need is true repentance. And true repentance is not simply just feeling bad because you got caught. It's not just simply feeling guilty. True repentance, I, I think, begins by seeing just the sinfulness of sin, the heinousness of it. And you come to the point and you say, I hate that. And you turn away from that to an object that is the most loveliest thing in the world, which is Jesus Christ. So you're hating that sin, and you're turning away from it to um, your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And sometimes when we are in a backslidden state, what we end up doing is feeling, like Phil said, maybe shame. Maybe we feel bad because we got caught. Um, maybe we just don't like how it makes us feel, but that's not repentance. Um, repentance is is actually seeing the heinousness of yeah. it and turning from mm-hmm. it to that which is is Tom, the most loving. Thomas Brooks calls uh, calls repentance the vomit of the soul. Mm-hmm. So you're cleansing out. Yeah. You're you're throwing out the poison that you've been ingesting. And then you're drinking the living water of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, all of our, all of our strength in in the Christian life comes from our communion with Him. The more time that you spend with with Christ, um, a, the person of Christ. Uh, we're not talking about a depersonalized fellowship with with the Bible. We're talking about a living, intimate, personal relationship with Christ. That as you're reading His Word, you're communing with Him. That's where all of your strength comes from through communion with Christ. Mm -hmm. Do you want to feel strong, Christian? Commune with Christ, fellowship with Christ, pray to Christ, read his word, uh, repent when sins come to your mind, fellowship with his people. That's where all of your strength comes from. Mm -hmm. And 
This may sound unusual, but don't just confess to God. The Bible says confess your sins one to another. Uh, confess, you know, and that doesn't mean you need, need to stand up in church and, uh, you know, vomit all your sins out in, in front of the whole church. But go to a friend. Go to a Christian friend and confess. Yeah. And, um, and uh, have, have that Christian friend remind you of your forgiveness. To add to that, Proverbs twenty eight thirteen says, "Whoever conceals his sin will not prosper, yeah. Yeah. but whoever confesses and forsakes them will receive mercy." Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the last day of September. Tomorrow brings us into October, which is Reformation Month, but also Reformation Boise Month. So, if you have not registered for the upcoming conference, it's repent October. of your sin. Repent of your sin. <laughs> it's October twenty first and twenty second. It's on the the topic of the church. Uh, Dr. Derek Thomas, Dr. Joel Beakey are coming, um, and we have wonderful songs and and books and events planned for that weekend that I don't think you want to miss. I think it will be good for your soul. Um, I think it will be a time of wonderful fellowship and getting to know other brothers and sisters in the in the valley um, that will encourage you in your faith and. And quite honestly, is it is a powerful means of grace to help you in your growth in your Christian walk. And so we hope to see you there. Amen. 